Hi, it's Ed Kowalczyk from Live Calling for Bill Bradley. Yeah, you've got me, mate. How are you? Hey, what's up, man? How's it going? I'm doing really well, mate. It's it's very surreal to speak to the man who was the first concert I ever went to. Oh, nice, nice. It was the Royal Theatre in Canberra, I think it was, and you were on the Distance to Here tour, I think? Oh, wow. Long time ago, mate. 1990. 1998, 99, I guess. Yeah, it would have been 98-99. It was the album that had Sparkle mm-hmm. on it. I remember that vividly. That's right. Very cool yeah, indeed. Sure. How are you doing, man? You've, you've just finished your tour uh, with Bush yeah. uh, over in America. How'd that all go? Oh, it was an amazing tour. We uh, we literally just got back a couple of weeks ago now. So we're in the midst of you know, decompressing, getting back getting back home. And, uh, and uh, yeah, it was soon enough we'll be gearing up to come back down under. Um with Bush again, of course, and then Stone Temple Pilots on the bill as well. Super excited. But yeah, this tour was great. I mean, the package, you know, when you put two bands like ours together, Bush and Live, it's like you never know until you get out there and really do it. What are the, what's it going to feel like as a whole concert? And the fans just loved it. It's like as different as the bands are, there's a core energy and real passion to our performances that just works together in a really great way on stage. And so yeah, we had a wonderful time. Yeah, I think, I guess I think 53 shows together or something so far so and here's to a bunch more down under absolutely well the thing that's so uh so great about this uh, this bill that you're doing uh here in uh in victoria and indeed all around australia is that the three bands uh of course you came you came up in a relatively same era uh you had a lot of big hits around the same time uh and there is a similarity of sound there which really creates this super value add package i mean you know like you were saying and you were celebrating 25 years of your iconic albums i'm talking of course about uh, Throwing Copper, which is a regular player yeah. here on Triple M. Uh, and Bush was celebrating 16 Stone. I want to go back to when you made that album, Ed, uh, and it really launched mm-hmm. you on the international scene. I mean, Lightning Crashes is a song for the ages, uh, along with I Alone yeah, and, of course, a lot of other songs on the album. Did you have any idea about how special what you were doing at the time? No, no. I mean, like I always say... You- as a young band, you have to be, you know, crazy enough to believe that you're going to get your, your music and what you're doing in your little town in Pennsylvania is going to get out to the world. And, you know, you have, you have to dream it big, but you can never really prepare for it. You know, once it starts to happen, it's like, you're just pinching yourself the entire time because, you know, um, but yeah, I mean, it, when we were making the record, I, you know, I, I remember when we got the mixes back, uh, the first, batch of mixes and I sat in my car and listened to the whole record from top to bottom. I was, I was pretty excited because I felt like we had done something pretty unique and, mm. um, and everybody was really excited, but we had no idea, you know, mm. the, to the, the level of the what the level of success and how, and how far it would reach all over the world and touch so many people. Um, but we were, we, we had a, a good vibe, you know, we were super excited and, and uh, again, you know, wild enough and crazy enough to believe that we could do it, and and uh, here we are. Now you recorded that album at Pachyderm Studios, which is a very famous yeah. studio. I think of Nirvana's In Utero. Yeah, and I believe PJ Harvey was there, not right around that period as well. So there was some serious mojo in that studio. You could feel it. It was a great place. Um, I mean, the equipment, just everything was just. You know, you could. We were living there, um, so it was like a house attached to it. It was in the woods. Um, there was just a real special energy, sort of a magical kind of energy there. Um, unfortunately, I don't think it's a recording studio anymore. Um, 
but it had it, it had about four or five years there where so many great artists came through and you could just tell if you could it was just a yeah a magical place i believe they should just turn it into a shrine called throwing copper then i'm, I'm okay with that yeah <laughs> Excellent. Now, you have a reputation, not just yourself with your solo career, but also with the band as one of the hardest working, hardest touring bands out there uh, these days. Do you, do, you, do you still find it very taxing or is it, is it just the same formula that you have had with your brothers since day one? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, we come from a, a you know, blue collar background, working town. You know, we've always approached, uh, approached it with a lot of, you know, we're just real serious about the product of, of our show. You know, we want to make sure that every night we play it like the last one we're ever going to play. You know, like we want to leave people with a shared experience that they can take with them into their lives and say, wow, that really moved me, you know, and that, and so we're always really focused on that. I think we put a lot of care into uh, sets and, and making sure that um, every night, like I said, it's, it's, um, we're, we're leaving it all up there. And, mm. And that's what was really fun about this package that we just finished with, with Bush. I really felt like Bush, you know, and Gavin really feels that way too. So there's this, there's just this great vibe between the two bands. And I'm sure, you know, you guys don't some couple pilots in there and people are in for a heck of a night. I want to know about your voice, Ed. I mean, you have a very distinct voice that resonates uh, with obviously so many fans um, around the world. You have such an octave range that I find so appealing. How did you find your voice? <laughs> Well, I always loved to sing. You know, I remember singing um, to records in the car and listening to the radio and stuff when I was a little kid and singing along. And um, and I, I started to get serious about it more like in uh, maybe high school, early high school years when the band started to play on the weekend. And I was singing in the choir. I took um, my my aunt, my mother's youngest sister, was my vocal coach, and, and she taught me some amazing lessons early on. And, and I just I just always loved to sing. And... and uh, I found these guys who needed a singer, you know, mm. when I was about 13, mm-hmm. uh, that I, I had known my whole life, and, and I sort of forced myself into the band, and here we are. Now, of course, with, well, exactly, with the success of Live, I mean, you became a household name um, with, with your music and, of course, the album sales, and then when you decided to go out and do solo work, I think the first solo yeah. work of yours I heard was Grace, uh, back in about 2010, Yeah, um, which is a beautiful mm-hmm. song, it really is, and I wanted to know, were, did, did you feel... Did you feel sort of naked in a way? Were you were you scared about stepping away from the band um, and then you know really doing it all yourself? Well, there was a definite mix of of a lot of emotions and energies going on around that time. Um, but I would say now that it's you know where the band's back together three years, and I look back on that solo period, um, it was super important for me, and it was really exciting time. I, I learned a lot. You know, I uh, mm. played a lot of shows acoustically or really stripped down, which I'd never done before, and I feel like I got really good at that, and I, I found a new sort of way to uh, express the songs in, in that environment that was really exciting for me, and so I, I look forward to doing more of it. You know, as Live, of course, is uh, a very busy band, so yeah. and we want to make a new record with Live next year and stuff, so, but I'd like to get back into some of those rooms and and play acoustically again because I really I do miss it. It was a it was a beautiful time. Um, yeah, but again, yeah, it was definitely a mixed bag as far as the band breaking up and all that and then getting back together. But um, overall, I, I have really fond memories, especially coming to Australia. You know, with the full band solo, I actually came down and did acoustic tour down under as well. And the fans just were so supportive, and it was a really important chapter in my life. I really 
like I said, I remember it fondly. A lot of people I speak to that do go solo, Ed, say that they, when they step away from the band, they're out of their comfort zone and they feel that it's the best thing they can do because they grow further um, as an artist. And then when they do come back to sure. their band, they feel a lot more developed. Mm-hmm. Exactly should... happened with my with me as well. Yeah, you definitely get your you build a certain uh, another uh, more your chops, you know, in different ways, and then yeah, you come back to the band, which you know, in a lot of ways, is easier because mm-hmm. you know I've got this incredible band backing me up as opposed to having to stand up there and kind of carry it maybe acoustically by myself. So mm-hmm. you know, yeah, you definitely build up new muscles um, in a way, and uh, I think the band's better than ever right now. I mean, I really do, and I'm, I'm excited to bring the tour down under to to have the, uh, our Aussie fans experience it right now. And you've got all the original lineup with Chad and everyone? Yes, that's right. Yeah, we have, um, it'll be, of course, all four of us. And then Zach Loy um, is actually a guitar player that um, was my guitarist when I was doing my solo stuff. He, mm-hmm. He's um, our second guitarist in live. And then we have uh, a really masterful percussionist named Clint Simmons on this crazy percussion setup that's super powerful. And so there's six of us on stage just creating this, massive sound now um bigger than ever i think in terms of its power and um we just like i said we just uh, played to i don't know a couple hundred thousand people this summer who i'm pretty sure they agree i've always had a philosophy that the great rock songs uh can be stripped down into an acoustic format to, to be yeah. played mtv unplugged and i can't think of a band i really can't that has more of those than you i think of lightning crashes i think of dolphins cry mm-hmm. high alone do you always do that? Do you, do you write a rock song that can be played acoustically? Have you got that in your head when you're writing as a group? Well, they start there. Mm. You know, in, in our band, um, you know, we have a couple different ways that we go about, um, you know, producing the records. And the main way is that I bring relatively realized, complete song ideas like I Alone and Lightning Crashes to the band. And the band gets the sound behind it and produces it as live, you know, with the big guitars and we might work on you know, the refrains and the bridges and the dynamic and all that together. Mm. But um, they strip back down to the acoustic level really well because they start there. You know, a lot of them do, you Mm. know, start at that place. Like Lightning Crashes is, you know, a song that I sat and played, you know, my bedroom on acoustic guitar. And then the band took it and made it this really majestic, amazing rock song with the, with the build and the, and the arrangement being really unique. So, um, yeah, it's just, a, it was, a, it, when I went solo and I was playing these songs acoustically, people thought, oh, I don't know if I can imagine a song like I Alone without the big sound, but it really works because, like I said, it, it begins there for me in my process. So uh, if it wasn't a big transition, it was, it was, it was um, you know, more going into sort of learning about how to do that and carry a two-hour concert like mm. that. But, but, the, but the core of it, the seed, is, is pretty much always starts with me on the guitar, so... Now, you just mentioned there before that you, after you finish your tour down here as part of the Under the Southern Stars, uh, you've got a new album in the works. So are you writing music or were you writing new music uh, while you've been touring America? No, we were pretty freaking busy with this tour. I mean, it was like four or five nights a week. So mm. I, I thought maybe we did a little writing, but we didn't. And, but we were, writing, we, we were working on music really from the beginning of the reunion three years ago. We've been you know, and bits and bobs kind of going in and, and recording ideas. And then we put out an EP last year called Local 717, which has five really high-energy high, high energy songs on it. And so there's a batch of ideas that need to be looked at and kind of, you know, revisited. And then we're going to, you know, um, later this year get in our studio in Pennsylvania, work on some new stuff. And hopefully, you know, after Australia, we get down there. Um, so you guys, 
Um, then we'll continue, and hopefully by fall next year we'll have a new album. So We're so excited that you are coming this way with the huge lineup that is, of course, live Bush, Stone Temple Pilots, and Aussie favourites Rose Tattoo, and they'll be joined by the Electric yeah. Marys. You know, it's not every day I get to speak to one of my true music heroes and a man I've seen before many a time. And as I mentioned, he was the first concert I went to. So Ed Kowalczyk from the band right. Live, I want to thank you for your contribution to music. I want to thank you for doing it so purely and and with the love that you've always given it and we can't wait to see you down here down under in uh, next year i appreciate that all and thank you so much and i am very much looking forward to getting back down under